0: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle Loomis, Editor-in-Chief of the E2C Network. Thank you for joining us once again. Sadly, I have to report that tonight on Inside the Jungle, we're going to be discussing the continuation of something that we are not used to, a losing streak for Auburn men's basketball. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the matchup with number 22 Mississippi State at home versus Auburn, number 16 Auburn Tigers. The Tigers fall 84 To 92 their record is now at 13 and 6 on the year through 19 games 2 and 4 in sec play to break all this down to make some sense of it i brought in my friend co-host owner operator of the auburn uniform database mr clint richardson and i hope that he doesn't try to run away from the microphone like he did last game are you going to hang with me this time clint and the silence tells all (laughs) (laughs) baby buddy, look, I know it's hard right now, but we've got to make sense of this somebody somebody in the Auburn fandom has to be positive about something. we have to try for it
1: well, that's kind of your role, isn't it to be the the overly optimistic sunshine pumper of the group it's it's
0: it is, but it's a burden as well because it is hard to do so right now um it's and I will say this for this game it's really hard to find a reason to be other uh, to be upset other than. We lost the game. And some of these other losses we had this year, and especially in this losing streak now, it's been because uh, more because of turnovers, because of a discussion about refs, because of poor offensive performance. This one, as we talk about some of the storylines, the stats, I get the feeling that there's really not a reason Auburn lost this game because of something they did in particular. Sure, they could have improved some things, but for me, I don't know how you feel, Clint. I think we just caught Mississippi State on a
1: really good night. I think so, too. And, you know, Auburn did play incredibly sloppy at times. To have 19 turnovers on the night is just incredibly uncharacteristic of this team. And Mississippi State really did a good job capitalizing on that. And it it really felt towards the end of the game, I mean, with 10 minutes left in the game, that Auburn was starting to press, that they were starting to feel the pressure of Another loss, another missed opportunity, the continuation of this losing streak, more than likely losing their ranking at the end of this week. and and I think that really hindered some performance. But for the most part, especially when you go through and look at the stats, it's it's surprising that state won by this margin. it I don't really think it should have been as close as it was if if state had done a couple of things better, this is a blowout, and Auburn still scores eighty-four points. But-
0: right, and I do think that I when I, I'm trying to think of a justification for why Auburn would remain in the rankings past um, this next week here, it's going to be a hard case to make. The only thing that I can make, Clint, is that it was two road games, and Auburn has clearly struggled in road games. But you can also flip that coin and say the committee start they need to see. That Auburn can win on the road, and they have not proven that outside of the Tournament of Maui, a handful of other cases, and and Texas A&M, and that's not anything to really get excited about the way they're performing right now. Um, So are you pretty confident we will not be ranked after this?
1: I'm preparing myself for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you and the rest of the Auburn family are kind of – not you personally, but like I feel – us right now as a unit, as a collective, starting to get kind of in that mode we were in football a little bit where we're not panicking, but we're just getting a a little bit antsy as to why the talent, as to why the expectations are not being met in conference play. And I, I guess that's a
1: little understandable from my point of view. I mean, it is incredibly frustrating to watch a team that is so incredibly talented and performed like they did last year struggle as they are right now. I mean, this team had, I think, eight losses on the entire year last season, and this was number six. And, you know, everybody's really pointing towards losing Mustafa Heron as the biggest issue right now, but there's there's a lot of things going against Auburn right now, and it's time to see that start to turn around. I, I said last game that I have total faith in Bruce that he will prove to be a great coach and coach through these kind of obstacles. And I don't know if Saturday's game against State was proof of that, but I think I still think that going forward, Auburn will continue to be better. And you know, even if Auburn doesn't finish the regular season quite well, I think that that would just propel Auburn into postseason. And you know, it, I think if you were to ask every single Auburn fan, especially all those people who are complaining right now about how this is going, would you take a regular season championship and only three postseason games, or would you take a 500 regular season uh, conference wise and, you know, four tournament, four conference games and another three or four NCAA tournament games? I think we all would do that, just that.
0: I think that's the potential that everyone still sees in this team and why the frustrations are still there because we know this team is capable of much more having taken a very talented Duke team to the wire, so to speak, Not not so much in the final score of the game, but just giving them all that they could handle. So with the conversations about whether Bruce Pearl can coach or not, I'll say this, I think this game actually was an indication of him Making a wise choice, not just necessary for this game, but for the future. One of the things that you and I have discussed, Clint, is the way this team has had to adjust from one style of play to the other this season. With not starting with Austin Wiley, who's integral to this team, then having him in, having to change that style of play. Now not having him back, they tried to change again, and that's when this losing streak started. I think you see Bruce Pearl already starting to tell this team. You cannot live and die by the three anymore, especially when Austin gets back. We have to use him. We need to get these other players used to focusing on the game down low. And you saw them do that in this game a lot, especially early on. I think the reason you end up losing is simply this. We caught Mississippi State, who's not a – I wouldn't call them a great team, but they're a good team on their best night at home and that is simply why they lost not because of coaching a few mistakes here and there as you expect by auburn but simply i think this was a smart choice by bruce pearl to tell these guys focus on on not focusing on the three point shot early on in the game and that's honestly why they hung around as long as they could and as you pointed out clint it could have gotten away from them a little bit quicker than it than it did
1: <clears throat> right and and i think you can look at the stats for that alone Auburn shot 26 of 49, 53% overall. State shot 28 of 55, two more buckets, 2% less at 51. Those two buckets were three-pointers, 52% for Auburn, 43 for State. Auburn <clears throat> did what you always wanted to do, 91% at the free-throw line. Well done. 60, 68% for Mississippi State, but Auburn made 21 shots. State made 23 of their 34. If state mates all those, this isn't close. If state mates fewer than 13 turnovers, or, you know, can actually do better than 16 points off of those 19 Auburn turnovers, whereas Auburn had 18 points. And, you know, I was, I was really curious about that turnover stat. Auburn had 19, state had 13. It was kind of sloppy at some points, but, it didn't really amount to much in the end. Mississippi State had a total of 74 possessions. Auburn had 73. State had 38 total scores, and Auburn had 35. So if Auburn even holds onto the ball better, if State doesn't screw around with a couple of possessions, this game is completely different, and that's really a frustrating thing.
0: Well, let's take it a step even further and, and talk about how some of these other stats are very comparable as well. You talked about points off of turnovers. Look at the rebound margin here, 29 for 29 for both teams. Now, defensively, Auburn gets the win there. They Defensive rebounds, 23 to Mississippi State's 19. Offensive, 6 to 10 in favor of Mississippi State. So v- very even there, still a very close yeah. at least, second chance points 7 for Auburn, 7 for Mississippi State. Bench points, 19 for Auburn, 22 for Mississippi State. Points in the paint, this is the one you were surprised by, Clint. 26 and 26, an even match, as big as those Mississippi State players down low were, Auburn still manages to match them in points in the paint. And I think that stat alone speaks to the strategy that Coach Bruce Pearl went into this game, and it was, I have to say, quite frankly, pretty successful.
1: I think so, too. And you know, that those points of the paints are really shocking just the way that State really dominated down low at the end of the game, which just tells me that Auburn was leading that category a, a good bit at some point. But, you know, just even on the scoring output for Auburn, fifteen for Jared, eighteen for Bryce, Chuma had sixteen, Anthony had ten. Four of your top four of your starting five hit double digits. Samir hit six points, even though he struggled again with four fouls and only got 26 minutes but you know i am really liking the way that this team has spread those points out we're not really see, in this game alone we didn't see you know bryce go for 28 and jared settle for seven you know i was really watching <clears throat> watching the game i thinking who's going to be that third guy to step up and it was chuma and that's what we really need him to do and and I know a lot of people are discussing Mustafa being gone and that ability to create shots and just give Auburn something when nothing's going right. And I agree that that is missing right here. But I think that Chuma is that third guy when he's on. And I think this kind of was another good, hopefully a good breakout game for Chuma. 6-10 overall, 3-5 of five from the three-point line. Only one for one from the charity stripe. And somebody like Chuma, who drives to the bucket like he does and plays tough at the rim, really needs to have more than just one free-throw shot. And I think that that's going to come just when he gets a little bit bigger and and a little bit more experienced in these games. But, you know, it's it's a struggle to figure out what went wrong with Auburn stat-wise. But the eye test was completely different watching this game on TV.
0: And I think a little bit of that is attributed to the the state of mind that we're all <clears> in right now watching this team struggle so much. But to go back to a point you made, another reason to find positivity here is, like you said, Chuma Okiki. He is showing an increase in improving each game here from his kind of draw off at the beginning of the season here. 16 points. My biggest thing, Clint, is only one personal foul. The biggest issue he had coming out of non-conference play starting off SEC was he would have two fouls five minutes into the game, whether they were legit or not is besides the point. But that, to me, is showed a lot of discipline on his part. He didn't let the other team get in his head, and he was able to cool down, make some pretty decent-looking three-pointers, three for five for him, 16 points overall. I do think, like you said, he is the replacement for Mustafa Heron, Mustafa Heron being gone is not the issue with what's wrong with this team right now. The issue is the having to switch back and forth from your style of play. And I think we finally had the coaching staff tell us we're not doing this anymore. We're going to stick to one style of play and force some of our other big men, Macklemore, Horace, Malik to some degree, even though he's a guard, force them to use their size and their length to produce a little bit more. And we did see that with the whole points in the paint being 26 evened up for both teams here. But yeah, I was very impressed with Chuma Okiki. How about this? If you want another reason to be happy, how about that dunk by Malik Dunbar? I rose up out of my seat and screamed. I had to go. I called downstairs and said, "Jessica, I'm all right. Something amazing just happened."
1: (laughs) That was one heck of a dunk. And you know, I kind of feel stupid because just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with my brother, and he's always been a big basketball and NBA fan. And I said, you know, I feel like we've seen just about everything we can in a dunk. And you know, when when you watch SportsCenter and the top ten plays are nothing but dunks, they really don't do much for me. And then as soon as I say that, we watch dunks like um, what Malik has been able to do, and there's a couple of other dunks that I've had to kind of tuck my tail between my (laughs) legs. But man, Malik just has so much power and just able to throw it down like that. I've With two state players right behind him, I thought he was just going to try and make sure he got the bucket. But no, he reared back and made sure everybody in that arena and on TV knew who Lloyd Dunbar was. Now let's also
0: talk about the end result of that as well. He he took the excitement of that a little bit too far, got himself a technical. Um, But I think at that point – I'm not justifying what he said, justifying the technical – But I think the energy of that play is what Auburn needed at that point, and he's continuously been that throughout this season for Auburn. When Auburn kind of slumps a little bit, he provides some miraculous three that he shouldn't be able to make, an amazing dunk like that, and just gets his teammates fired up. And with Auburn continuously letting teams get leads from them, especially on the road, that's the guy that's crucial, especially someone coming off the bench that you need to kind of change the trajectory, the way the momentum is shifting in this game. And when you know I've talked about it a lot. I think it was 11 points at some point that Auburn was down by in the middle of this game here. This is just continues to be the storyline if you want another reason to try to make sense of how Auburn lost this game. I think it's simply they let another lead get built Damn. on them and they continuously have to fight back from it
1: state actually had a 15 point lead with you know almost 3 minutes left in the game but i think you're right i think it did hover around that 11 point gap throughout most of the game but you yep. know going back to malik's technical <clears throat> i will say this i don't blame the official for calling it at the moment from where he was and how malik and the other guy did make contact I I can totally see where he came away with something was wrong right there and they deserved a technical. I'm not upset with that. I think when you watch the replay and you can see it from all angles, probably not the best call at that point. I don't think Malik said anything. I don't think Malik went out of his way to bump into him. I think they just made contact, Malik turned to him and just kept walking on like you're supposed to. I do think that they're probably is a little bit of issue with the fact that state didn't get called for a technical a little bit earlier where after a foul that may or may not have been a true foul um i think it was one of the weatherspoon brothers actually just took the ball and slammed it and that's not allowed the ball goes way up into the air i think the commentators tried to to give an excuse that he it was one of those things where you try and bounce it real hard and then catch it and he missed, but watching the replay, it wasn't the case. <clears throat> and again, with that one, I'm okay with the officials not calling the technical. I don't think it was the right time. It was obviously not directed at the officiating or the call. It was just a little bent up emotion. And those kind of calls are what changed the game. And so I'm okay with how they called both of those individually But I think when you've got both instances plus whatever it is that Bruce Pearl did to get his technical, I think then it becomes a little convoluted and probably not the best reaction overall. But again, individually, I'm okay with how both of those two calls went.
0: Well, this kind of brings a good point right now to, to talk about, and we ask questions from you guys that are part of the Auburn Tigers discussion Facebook group we have, where we have game threads. Uh, Tyson Robertson kind of brought up a, a great thought and point tonight that I thought, since we're on this subject, it's not necessarily a ref rant, but he is one of those, and us I, I wouldn't say one of those. I am one of those too, and I think sometimes you are, we all get that way is basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> It feels a little bit like we're being picked on now. He was kind of wanting Bruce to appeal the SEC office is what he was suggesting because of the non-call by Mississippi State and then the the technical call on Bruce Pearl. I I will say this. If you take these three games the last couple times, it's hard not to feel like we are being picked on as a team for some reason. Um, you got to think that there's something we're doing to cause the officiating to focus on us a little more. We, we need to take some responsibility for that. But do you get that feeling that, that people like uh, Tyson, myself, sometimes feel that we are getting picked on a little bit by the SEC refs?
1: I mean, I, I think in general, Auburn athletics have always been picked on like that. But no, I especially in this game, I think that this was one of the better— officiated games that we've had in a long time despite what anybody wants to argue me on um it's 21 fouls to state to 20 for auburn granted i know those don't always mean a lot the the south carolina game came out pretty even too and that one wasn't very well officiated but i do think that there wasn't much issue with the calls in this game auburn probably should have earned a couple more fouls down low but for the most part, I think that this was a pretty well-officiated game, and I don't really have much issue with it. Well, I
0: think, too, you can, again, chalk this up to just kind of the state of mind we're all in right now with the <laughs> unexpected losing streak and the struggles that have kind of arisen out of the Austin Wiley being out for a time. So I think it's easy to kind of – for all us all to go to this point, but I also understand the frustrations and the and the – awareness we have of how much it feels like we're getting picked on by the rest. But I think that's where we just kind of need to leave it at this point, because they're like you said, in this game, there were some moments where it was definitely a little bit more fair. Last thing I want to talk about in this game. We always want to give credit to the other team when they beat us. And if you want to know an area where they were just strong, all you have to do is say one word. Weatherspoon. And that encompasses two players, Nick and Quinn Weatherspoon, who we got to know really well last year. Quinn Derry goes off for twenty seven. The other one goes off for twelve. Now that's not a great stat, but just the fact that they were able to contribute together. Um, those two brothers, they find a way to just make a difference for this team. And I think had Quinn not had such a great game here, Auburn comes out of this one with a win.
1: I think so too. Auburn just didn't have an answer for this kid. And both of these guys are such talented basketball players. and They they deserve all the success that they've gotten. Quindary, like you said, 27 points, sits of nine overall, four of five three-pointers. Didn't seem like he could miss one. Perfect 11 for 11 at the free throw line. Four rebounds, three assists, one personal foul. And Auburn probably could have exploited this five turnovers number a little bit more. But I... Auburn had no answer for him, and I think it was going into halftime. State had eight, ten made three pointers, and four players had made one. And <clears throat> at least one. And that's you know, whereas Auburn is always stuck with maybe one or two, maybe a third guy being able to shoot these three pointers, and that's how you're living and dying by it. State had one, two, three, four, five, six players make a three pointer.
0: And a lot of their big men, too, were making three-pointers, too, which is, you know, there are, I think, when we, more we talk about this, you're finding several little reasons why Mississippi State had such a great game offensively, which is what kind of pushed them over what would have been, I think, a solid performance overall by Auburn, minus some miscues, turnovers, things like that, which are kind of typical for most games. Everyone makes some mistakes, as we all say, but really, I think I'm settling on this. The difference in this game was Derry Weatherspoon. Auburn finds a way to hold him to uh, maybe 20 points because you got to think those threes, they just kept being daggers in Auburn's side that he's, I mean, like you said, four for five from behind the arc for him, that alone, and then sending him to the free throw line. You kind of half that. I think this is a whole different ball game for Auburn who has the ability to score. At will and knock off a lead at any point. So congrats to Mississippi State. Well done by the Weatherspoon brothers and Quindary especially for besting us tonight in Starkville. But hopefully we'll find a way to do it with one of the upcoming games coming up soon to end this streak. And we do have quite a few of them. And we'll start with our next one, which is we'll be welcoming another Tiger to Auburn Arena the Missouri Tigers, which will be this Wednesday, the 30th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the SEC Network. Now, our Missouri Tiger friends come in with a record of 10-8 and eight on the year and a 1-5 and five SEC record. Now, we don't have an SEC record to really be happy about either, but you got to think that Missouri, after nearly beating LSU um, this past game for them, they are very hungry to stop a- losing so much in SEC play just as much as we are.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think Missouri can come out basically in one of two ways. They can come out kind of hungover from narrowly almost beating LSU in regulation and then falling in overtime and and just wallowing about that one. Or they can come out ready to prove, again, that they're worth everybody's attention, that they can come out and beat Auburn, who... Again, probably won't be ranked, but it's still a ranked quality team. And I mean, to to do it on Auburn's home court is going to be a big feat for Missouri. And Auburn's always had trouble with this team since they came into the league. And hopefully, they can they can just keep with this winning streak and, and get away from Missouri.
0: Now, always as we always like to do here, we like to kind of look at someone's schedule and say. Let's look at some comparisons. Maybe there's some reasons to feel worried or reasons to feel a little bit more confident about the game. But that's not doesn't always hold true. But just as you look down their schedule here, I don't really find a lot to be impressed with outside of one game. And it's some commonality between Missouri and Auburn here is both have a victory over Xavier. Now, granted, Missouri did it at home and we did it on the road in a neutral side, but it's still an away game of some sorts there. So I think that kind of raises your eyebrows if Missouri is able to beat a quality team like Xavier, even though it's at home. That kind of makes you think they have some potential. But you know, there's just some other areas here where they struggle against Kennesaw State to get the win. Granted, that's at the beginning of the year, but some when they face some quality teams, Kansas State, they get blown out. They get blown out by Tennessee. They lose to Alabama. They lose to um, Arkansas, and they. Beat Texas A and M and their only SEC win handily, but with not great scoring performance by either team here. So when I look at that, Clint, taking into account Auburn is ready to get this losing streak over with, and it's at home, you have to feel really confident going into this game for Auburn.
1: I, I, I do think that this would probably be a good outing for Auburn, and you know, really just look at the stats. Um, Granted, Missouri does have a lot of great talent and can probably go off any night, but they're only averaging 68.5 points a game. Auburn's averaging almost 84. And although Auburn is still allowing a few more points allowed than Missouri is, but I think that this game, if Auburn can play with the tempo that we're used to, probably probably, the, the, the outcome would prefer Auburn over Missouri. It seems like Missouri wants to play a little bit of a slower game. If they can keep you under 75 points, they have a chance. But if Auburn can hit 80, I think they've got it.
0: And I think this too also, I think the focus of this game is going to really pay attention on Horace Spencer and Anthony McLemore, and even Chumo Kiki to some degree here, because Missouri does have some you know larger talent, as most teams do to Auburn when Austin Wiley's not in the mix there. Um, I think that's where you've really got to see the focus in. But you got to think with the energy that they play with at Auburn, all it's going to take is Anthony throwing down a dunk, Horace blocking someone's – smacking someone's lunch basically to make that place just get rocking. And then all of a sudden it's a different ballgame. The energy's up. These players are feeling confident again. And I think this could be the turnaround that we're waiting for so that we're not struggling throughout the rest of SEC play. I don't think it could have come at a better time. We'll find out this Wednesday and chat about it after the end of the game. Uh, But if you want to get in contact with me to talk about any of this stuff, you can find me on Twitter at TigerI24.
1: Clint, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at AuburnUniforms.com with a big multi-week project coming up starting this monday january 28th really excited about it
0: make sure you don't miss that out clinton works really hard on that site and you want to make sure you go check that as well also make sure you go check out the auburn tigers discussion page where you can be involved in our game (coughs) threads for each men's basketball game and have a lot of fun discussing that in there and we'll take some questions and comments for our shows out of that that's all we have for you on this edition of inside the jungle but until we talk to you again war eagle believe in Auburn and love it, the only question remains, do you?